to the Mind Heart Muscle Podcast, where we explore the body and mind connection, train our hearts and souls, and understand what it is to be human. We connect with authors, coaches, and entrepreneurs from all over the world to both challenge and develop the way we think and approach our life. If you want to become the best version of yourself, have better relationships, and optimize your health, you'll learn that and much more here. We know you'll enjoy the show, so here we go. Go. What's up, Kristen? How are you? I'm great. How are you? doing fantastic today. And uh, I know we're excited to uh, get into this conversation. And the best thing that we can do to start is for you to tell us just a little bit about who you are. All right. Well, just a little bit. Just a, sm- I'm- just, just a smidge. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm Kristen. I am a teacher, an educator. Um, I, I used to teach young fives and loved it. Um, (laughs) so I now work with, um, I coach teachers and parents on working on language inside, working on our language and what we say, um, because what we say, the kids are listening and uh, it trickles down to them. So right now what I'm doing is, yeah, I'm working with teachers and parents to build and empower the language of the kids in their lives. That is a, a great, um, succinct way of describing it. And I just caught the idea that you're actually coaching the parents on how to speak around their kids. Is that, is that true? That's, that's what you said, right? I'm just clarifying. Yeah. Um, working with the parents, um, so to work on that, yeah, to work Mm -hmm. on that language and then with that also using it with the kids because they pick it up. Um, Mm -hmm. and when we're able to use language that's empowering us, the kids, well, we're going to use it with around the kids and also they're picking up on it because they are little mirrors and they are listening. (laughs) What, um, so you, you were a teacher. How long did you do that for? And what was it like before you started diving into language? And, and then what happened? That's a great question. Um, yeah, I really great question because I grew up in a daycare. My mom had one in the house while I was growing up. So there were always kids around, um, which is what inspired my decision to go into teaching when I got to college. So I substitute taught for a while outside of college, uh, about three years, which was super interesting because you're always going to a new classroom. So the kids get used to you by the end of the day, and then you have a new group. Um, so that, that kept me flexible, but also questioning my ability, like to connect with the kids. Um, then I, I did some one-on-one tutoring for a while and that one felt good because I was making those connections. Um, 
with the tutoring, I was able to have more of that one-on-one time. And then my husband, Lance, and I moved out to Oregon about seven years ago. When we moved out here, I got a job at a, in a childcare center, a private preschool, and worked with toddlers during that time. And then eventually um, got a classroom with young fives. And I worked in that room for the classroom for four years. And I loved working with them. They're great. So full of life. Um, What my classroom though was looking like for the first few years was a little bit of chaos. Um, (laughs) I'd ask the kids to clean up and usually they'd start running around the room um, in circles. Um, One point in time, one of the one of my favorite stories is that I had a, a one boy that was crying and his friends are gathered around him. So I went over to go see what was going on and asked why he was crying. And he told me another boy punched him in the face. And so I looked at the other little boy. I was like, okay, why did you punch him in the face? Because he said he was going to punch me. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. So, this sounds is- logical. It does. Doesn't what it? What a badass. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that was like, I would go home frustrated, tired. I was enjoying the classroom, but, and I was also like, what in the world is going on? Like, they're not listening. That was something also I'd say, like, they're not listening to me. Um, They won't do what I'm asking them to do. And so, yeah, I was, I was regularly frustrated and exhausted. Um, So yeah, I'd, (laughs) I'd go home be tired, do nothing really other than collapse on the couch. And that's where I stayed for a while. Um, Then eventually I realized like if I start doing yoga after work, it helped me find my energy again, which led me down more of the personal development route. Um, Along the way, I discovered how my language affects myself and my classroom and my attitude about the day. So once I really got discovered, like, oh, there's, there's power in the words that I say, I um, opened my center every morning with another coworker and we'd be talking, um, discussing how we were feeling about things. And usually I'd be like, I realized I was saying things like they don't listen to me or they don't understand. Like I have a life outside of work. Um, There was a lot of they's. And I, once I stopped myself to ask like who the they is, is it my boss Um, and the assistant director? I realized I wasn't even picturing somebody. It was like these ghostly figures of they that were ruining my life. Um, So that, that was my first hint to myself like, Oh, I have, I have power in what I'm saying and I can control how I feel. Um, and in that, once I began to realize that, uh, it, it followed me into my classroom. So while I would work with the kids, um, there'd be, there were, as I was able to calm myself and realize I'm getting frustrated or I'm not listening. So that's, what's frustrating me. Um, it eventually led around to, okay, well, I can be a better listener with the kids. I can calm myself and I can take deep breaths and we'll start again and I'll talk more calmly. And as I did that, my classroom, like the behavior 
quote unquote issues, um, the challenges that I had, um, they, they dropped so much. Um, we had to write up, like if there was an incident every, whenever there was an incident of like hitting or fighting and those incidences that I was writing felt like multiple times a day, they dropped where it was maybe a couple of weeks because a kid fell and scraped their knees. So it took a lot of stress off of me. I was enjoying teaching a lot more and we all had fun. So because you were able to calm yourself down, it calmed down the environment of the classroom as well. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Once I was calming myself, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the kids also were getting calm. Energy is, a- is so, is so contagious. <laughs> That's such a cool experience. Uh, that must have been a really great moment when, when you realized that. What, what was that like when you, when you realized, wow, something's changing here? How did that feel? When I look back, it felt, it felt really good because um, I used to think that I was doing something wrong. Um, and I also used to be told I was too nice or too quiet or all these twos with the kids. So when I was able to be me, and be nice and be quiet and calm. And they were listening. That felt great because, Hey, now I'm doing exactly what I want to do instead of doing what I'm told, which was, you got to be loud and you got to be strict and you got to yell in order for them to listen. I cut you off before Ron. What were you asking saying? I forget. It's fine. That's okay. (laughs) We, um, I remember we, Kristen, we spoke on the phone in January and you were telling me a little bit about your, your backstory of, about, uh, when you first got involved in personal development, you were on uh, some kind of retreat. Can you tell us about that? Like what, what, what made you get into personal growth, personal development? How did you see that as, as something you needed? Um, that goes back a little bit to where my exhaustion at the end of the day, um, at coming back from work and being tired. Um, I, when I started doing yoga and realizing how that was helping, um, I had more energy. Eventually I also realized acupuncture gave me helped reduce my anxiety. Um, when I was realizing there are things that I can do that can take away anxiety that I was feeling, um, or reduce it. And then also bring me energy. That was my first hint that there are other things that there's more (laughs) like that I can do. Um, and I can feel better and feeling better feels good. Um, there's one day my husband He's like, Hey, let's go for a walk. Um, so we're on the walk and he's telling me about this phone call that he had, um, about the tre- a retreat called training camp for the soul that he was really excited about. And the, Anat Perry who runs it, she had requested that he talk to me and have me sign up to talk to her so that if, even if I decided I don't want to go, I knew what he was going to be doing and I could understand so I took, I took time. I took about six weeks to fill out the intake form to set up the call with her. Um, and then when I finally did, 
we talked and everything she was saying to me as I'm talking to her, I'm like, okay, yes, mm-hmm. yes to that. Um, and so um, within the conversation, I'm realizing that, yeah, um, Lance had all these, he has all these big dreams and goals and what he wanted to do. He still does. Um, but at the end, at the time, um, I was looking at it like I'm a classroom teacher. That's what I do. I, so I don't, I'm going to be in the room. He wants to travel all over. How do we make this work? And so initially why I said yes to it was because I, I said, I need to step out of the way so that I don't get in the way of Lance's dreams. Like that, that was what I had said. Um, that and I talked while talking with Anat, I was like, okay, yes, there's something this, this, there's something, I don't know what the something is. There's something. Um, so I went and it was, uh, at the time it was a retreat about six days in the mountains in Idlewild and shot my, we got shut away with several strangers and, um, dug into the stories. So the stories that we were handed. So the idea with training camp is that we're, you're handed a script at birth or even before birth. And, um, most of us take that script and we act it out and we're like, cool, this is my life. Not realizing that we can be the director, the producer, the actor, like all parts in the story of our life. And we can take charge and we can rewrite the script. Um, so there, it, it was a great time of learning um, and unlearning all these patterns that I'd not even realized I had. Um, and at the end of it, I went from laughing at myself because I was like, yeah, I came into this thinking I needed to get out of my way for Lance and I needed to get out of my way for me. Um, so I going into the retreat as well, I was very anxious, very quiet, um, had a lot of guards up to keep others away. And by the end of the six days, well, first I bonded very closely with a group of strangers and my, the anxiety that I was constantly feeling under my skin was more or less gone. And I was like, this, this is life without anxiety. This is this is amazing. Like my body is not aching because I'm holding in things that I didn't even realize I was holding. So yeah, that was a, it was intense and it was the best, best choice I'd made for myself. It must've felt so empowering and relieving (laughs) to, to realize that you were, you were in total control of that. And yeah, I think we, we, Ron and I both have, have had moments like that in the past. Everyone at some point has those. It's like when you finally get to take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people luckily realize it very early on and, and in, at such a magnitude that you can take action, which you've done. I mean, you, before we got, before we started recording, you said that you were a teacher. Um, and now, and now you still are, we believe you are, you, you are, um, and you're not. So talk about that a little bit. When, when did you stop teaching in the classroom? Um, and, and what are you, what are you doing now? Tell us about your, your current project. 
I stopped teaching this past August. Um, after doing training camp for the soul, I'd begun to feel like the, the life inside the, the center um, was, wasn't, um, I was trying to think of how else to say that, <laughs> but the life inside the center was um, something I needed to move beyond. Uh, so I knew that I needed to do it at some point. And I also knew that um, that time was, wasn't the right time. So I teaching on my class ran around with the regular school year. And I was told myself, I'm going to do one more year with my junior kindergarten class. Um, it's going to be the greatest year ever. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, went in knowing it would be um, September of 2019 would be my last year. And so yeah, I was going into it like, what can I do to make this great? And what can I do to um, really work on like using language and using affirmations with the kids um, to make my biggest impact? So I spent the year um, working with the kids and then March of 2020 came around and Did something um, happened then. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, nothing happened then. <laughs> yeah, something did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with COVID and um first we're like, well, it's gonna be a two-week thing, right? Yeah. So we <laughs> two weeks, it's all good. Um, and then the parents at the center started being told they could work from home. So they, and they wanted to protect their kids. So they started keeping their kids home and all of a sudden all the kids from my classroom are gone. <laughs> oh man. They're at their homes. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I was also working in management. So I spent time up front and said, which that was, that was fun as well. Cause every time uh, the restrictions with COVID changed, I got to be like, what can I do to make this safe and fun for the kids. So like the parents weren't allowed to bring their kids back to the classroom anymore, which meant they were dropping them off with me. So this was like, okay, how can I comfort and calm them, make it fun to get them to their classroom. And while we're changing up their routine and then next it was the parents. Oh, next it was masks. So now the kids are like, we can't see half your face. Well, how can I make this fun for them? Um, and then eventually it was the parents aren't allowed in the building. Cause we got, this is still going on. Right. Um, so then it was, I'd meet them at the door and I'd take the kids back to their room and we would at six o'clock in the morning, be skipping down the hallway and our bracing or whatever it was that the kids needed in that moment. Um, so anyway, with COVID, there were some people that were losing their jobs. There were some people that were going on furlough, um, jobs were harder to come by. And I had one and I was very secure in my position at my job. So now I had this, I'm going to be done by the end of the school year that no longer is a school year. My class is gone. And I started wondering how long do I hold on? Like, do I keep doing this? Because I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and in that I could feel in my, in my chest and my heart that, um, 
I needed to make a decision that holding on to a job because even though I was loving aspects of it, it was physically hurting my body. And so one day I finally was like, it's time, time to write the letter, time to pull off that bandaid. So I wrote my letter of resignation, letting them know, like I'll work till August. Um, and then, then it's time for me to do my next stage in my life. So my director was very, very supportive of it. And I was crying while I wrote my letter of resignation. It was a tough decision. And yet my heart knew fully, like, this is the step that I need to take. So yeah, I went in, I was, I honestly didn't know what lie was lying on the other side of that job. I'd worked my whole entire life, um, in like, I need to work to make money. So now I'm like, I need to follow my heart and see where that goes. Um, I had been working on a children's book and also we're um, building a program with a friend to work with teachers, coaching, coaching teachers on language. So I was thinking something, something lies there. Um, and yeah, I ended up tutoring for a couple of kids this school year, um, getting to know them. And then within that, giving myself space to really find what it is that my heart was leading me to. And from that, um, language ninjas, which I'd been building quietly, really came to life. Um, I met the people that I'd been waiting for to help me bring it to life. Um, and so now it's it's a book. Um, it's going to be a series of books, but right now the book, um, I, I have my illustrator is on the stages right now with the pictures. So it's in process and, um, yeah, so I've been getting, having fun working with parents and my goal is to also start working with teachers as well about how, how our language impacts those kids in our lives and how making a subtle shift, like, could you just stop for a minute or can you stop for a minute? How that one word shift can make a big impact on how we're feeling and how the kids respond to. There is, oh, you have, you have found such a big opportunity there because how many I know, I know so many teachers, I'm in New York City and half of my friends that I went to college with studied education and are in part of the Department of Education in New York City, which is to, to work for is awful to my, from my understanding. And, um, and they're very limited to what they can and can't teach. Now what they're not limited by is what they can and say, can and can't say like how they can interact and and a lot of the you know kindergarten and first grade teachers are they're like you soft spoken from what i can tell and, and very nice and very understanding and patient and they're from new york so they have this script of being tough and loud and um that's how you get their attention and that's how you discipline 
So um, you're going to fill such a big hole in the in the education industry if this when this goes well. That's exciting. I remember um, when I when I found out my wife was pregnant. Um, just well, yeah, right right around that, and I was also discovering um, the language, uh, how language affects everything. I I had this thought like oh someone should write a book for a children's book and then I met you and I thought it was just amazing that you're working toward educating and uh, bringing this to life because it's going to be so powerful uh, Ron and I had a one-on-one -on -one discussion recently on the podcast about life different random things and I, I brought that up like I, I wonder what it would be like to raise a it, to raise a child in a household that only used affirmative language and and um, and only used um, and and only empowered the kids and and listened and what do you think it's going to be like in the future if that happens? Uh, so cool. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I imagine like when we were kids in school or growing up, wherever people would say, you can be whatever you want when you grow up. Um, I remember when I was in, I think it was first grade, we were writing on what we want to be when we grow up. And I had written, I wanted to be an artist or like my mom. And those were my choices, um, which yeah, um, on a, in a way I did do like what my mom is doing. And I went in and I started working with kids. Um, and then think of like all the kids that are like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be president. I want to do all of these things. And somewhere along the way, we start getting told, well, you cannot do that. Like, or you shouldn't do that, or you need to do this thing. And so like maybe with the astronaut, well, you're too tall. You can't be an astronaut. So try a plumber instead, you know, <laughs> like, so we start <laughs> getting told along the way, different things, like you can't do this. So try that. And imagine if you're actually being told you can do whatever you want. And that includes like, you can be whoever you want to be. And it doesn't even have to be a job title that you want to be like, who do you want to be? Who do you want to become? What kind of person do you want to be? Well, you get to create that by, how you talk to yourself um, and what you tell yourself you can do. So if we're telling kids like you are brave and you are strong, um, you can be what you want to be. You get to choose who you become there when they continuously hear that and see it being reaffirmed, they're going to actually believe it. And if they're believing it, they grow up realizing they got to write their script instead of taking that one that they're handed because they're taught already, hey, this is this is what you can do versus I at 36 was realizing, oh, life can be completely different. I had all these years of my life that I didn't have to be living this way. And they can bypass those steps of having to go back and be like, oh, I get to rewrite this. Um, only I have to erase everything that I learned first. So the goal is to give children permission to 
be who they want to be and help prevent them from doing things just because they think they're supposed to. Imagine, imagine how many divorces would get prevented Mm -hmm. if, if humans realize at a younger age that, Hey, marriage isn't something that you have to do. It's something Mm -hmm. that you get, it's something that you get to choose to do. And I personally don't care for this concept of if this happens, how do we make it happen? How do we get this to take traction? Like, what is your, what is your intention once the book is available? Where, how are you going to market this in a manner that's, that people are going to realize that it is something that they need? That is the question. Um, yeah, and part of it is starting now before the book is even a book. Um, in working, doing workshops with parents and teachers um, to talk about that those language shifts and how big of an impact they can make. Um, and then I lost track of the second part of that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so afterward too, I have, um, a bunch, a handful of friends. I have other teacher friends that are also really wanting to work and get lang- um, make a curriculum for teachers on this language part. And so getting it not only to parents through the book, also into schools. And so, we're quietly plotting currently. Um, we'll get louder as, <laughs> as we really develop it. And yeah, we have um, full intention of creating curriculum. Well, it's already started. So then from there, getting it going um, into schools and teaching, teaching teachers and teaching um, students on how important that language is and impacting their lives so starts with a book and there's a lot more there's layers to this (laughs) (laughs) if um so for for any teachers and parents that might be listening to this um, episode um could you give them an example of Mm -hmm. and with in your experience could you give them an example of how and specifically what you've said that changed the outcome of what's happened in a child's life or in that moment. Mm. So they have an understanding of what it is that you're pushing, putting out there. Yeah. Um, well, let's go there. We can do an example. And also uh, I have like a little story of one of my students. Um, let's go with that. So I, I was working with my students on um, changing up Five-year-olds are right at a fun spot where they want to be big, but they're also still learning a lot of things. So there's a lot of um, small things like putting your coat on or even zipping it up that they're still learning and they can get easily frustrated because they're like, I should know this already. Um, So I would have a handful of kids anytime we're getting ready to go outside wanting me to zip their coat for them. Um, so I'd been working on different affirmations in the classroom with them, uh, like, um, showing them 
what affirmations were. And one thing I was having them do with their coats when they were getting frustrated was with them was you, I would like you to try three times on your own. If after the third time you're still having a hard time, you may come ask me for help. Um, and then I'll, I'll help you with it. So with the coat zipping, um, I would tell them I had one, one that would get really frustrated. Like, I can't do this. And like, remember three, three tries, and then you can come ask me. And sometimes he'd fake try and fine. As long as you can, try, as long <laughs> as you're trying. Um, so after the third try, he'd come over to me and I'd make sure I was remaining calm and I'd talk with him as well and say, all right, so you tried. Now I want you to repeat after me. I tried, I tried really hard. Now I could use some help. So we're reaffirming that he tried. And then also he's asking for help and we're staying calm when doing it. So then afterward be like, all right, cool. Good job. Um, or if he's like, okay, I try, um, I did it. I was able to do it. If their kids were came over and were like, yes, I zipped my coat. Then it'd be like, high five. I can do it by myself. Um, so we were celebrating, uh, affirming and celebrating in the classroom. So with that as well, um, we, yeah, we'd work on the breath and making sure we're staying calm. Um, and that was trickling over to the kids at home. So one of, um, the parents actually sent me a message as well saying, Hey, thank you for what you're doing in the classroom. Uh, my daughter usually, um, she was going to pull a bandaid off of her knee and usually that entails a lot of tears and fear and crying. And instead this time she took a deep breath and she said, I am brave. And she <laughs> pulled it off and the tears were non-existent. Like she, she skipped off afterwards. So, um, so that is an example of like the effect that it had, like what, what working on language with the kids, how even me doing it in the classroom was trickling over to home and um as far as like the language part with parents things that have been like real quick um easy shifts um is playing the one word game which we've done um and so taking hmm, let me think i'm trying to think of a, a good one um but the one that keeps coming up is the one i had mentioned earlier with um there was a parent that had used the phrase, could you just hold still for a minute? And so then I asked like, when you say that, how does it, how does it feel? Um, and she was telling me it was stress. Um, she's imagining her daughter running around in circles around her and yeah, she was feeling, feeling stress when saying that. So I had her take out the just in that sentence and say it again. So instead of, would you just hold still for a minute? She changed it to, would you hold still for a minute? And I could hear it in the way that she said it as well. But um, once I asked her how that one feels, she, I could see it on her face too. Like she was feeling calm. Um, the image of that she had in her head this time was of her daughter holding still 
and listening. She's like, I don't even care if it's a minute at this point in time. Like all I, I'm glad that she stopped and that she's Mm -hmm. listening and that now we've said what we want to say and she can move on. So it was a simple little shift of one, taking out one word that took it from heightened stress to like, I'm feeling calm. I can breathe. And even the image in my head is of like, yep, she's my daughter's listening. She's doing what I would like her to do. Um, and it was, it's simple little, little shifts like that. And always coming back to the breathing, like when you make a small shift in like coming from that stress to more relaxed, the breath changes right in there as well. So for me in the classroom, breathing calmly, the kids were calmer taking out the one stressful word of just, and, um, the sentence changed. Now the breathing changes because the stress is gone. So yeah, it's little word shifts and it's also being aware of how you're breathing. Um, and the breath can really affect the reactions. That's, that's beautiful to, to be able to um, impact a child so much that it trickles down to other things. And, and I'm, I'm thinking back, you know, think back to our childhoods. How, how often did we hear these, hear these things? Or even in, in those situations, I remember learning how to tie my shoes as a kid and being frustrated and it, and just and running to my mother to tie it for me saying i can't do it when you're allowed to fail and feel good about it it's a, it's it's that's when you shift and you learn and and when you fail and you're ostracized almost it's it's you get stuck you get stuck on that um, and one thought I had coming that came about during all what you just said is when, um, you know, when does this end? Because there's, as a kid, you know, parents are loving and kind and compassionate most, mostly. And then one day someone says, you can't do that. And instead of being compassionate and, and getting you to, ask questions and figure out how you can do that. Like Ron, to Ron's point before, it's like, oh, you, you can't be in, you can't be this, so you, now you're gonna be that. Um, and I just think to, I think about big kids, like, you know, look at look in the world now, look at someone like Elon Musk. He's a giant child who didn't listen to people when they said, you can't. He built a rocket ship and uh, and wanted to go to space when, I bet someone said he can't do that. These are the things that can come about, really brilliant things. And, and it doesn't have to be some, something so um, massive as uh, space engineering. It could be something simple as being kinder to people or um, just doing the things that you actually want to do or are curious about. That's, we were on the phone last week and we talked about having fun and following the fun. And I, and I love that. It's, it's mm-hmm. great. 
I'm, I'm excited to see what you what you can do with this and the future of it. And and we're here to support 100. Um, percent All of my all of my teacher friends are going to listen to this podcast for sure. Um, so on that, let's. You've got a podcast you're going to be starting soon, and it's a little different from the from educating teachers and parents. Although I'm sure that's going to it's going to have an impact as well. Can you talk about that and and what is the what's the goal and um, tell us the story around it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Pirate Living Podcast. Um, my friend and co-host Karan and I. Um, that was born out of when we get together. Um, so she lives in Canada and I live in Oregon and I think at most we're eight hours apart from each other and we've yet to meet in person, um, which we're looking forward to the day that the borders finally say we can cross them (laughs) and we're going to cross. However, um, anytime that we would talk without even having met in person, um, we had the best conversations together. Um, and it was born partially from us saying like if people can can listen to uh, the com- types of conversations that we have like even in that that's it's different from like with this podcast these conversations are different from what you typically hear um in a day-to-day conversation and that turned into let's do a podcast um so we, our pi- podcast is called Pirate Living Podcast, and the idea behind that is we're highlighting ordinary people who are living extraordinary lives. So like, I've met um, many amazing people in the last couple of years, and there I've some of these people I've looked up to and been like, whoa, you're doing amazing things with your life. And then I meet them and they're looking at other people too. And they're like, whoa, they're doing amazing things with their lives. And we're all people. Um, Some of us are choosing to do extraordinary things. Um, And so we want to highlight those people. Um, And in that too, we were greatly impacted by um, the book, Be More Pirate. And um, in, in that, um, taking on the idea of part of getting past the status quo is rebelling. Um, even if it, it, it does, it starts off small, like part of rebelling is starting with yourself and realizing there are rules you can break, which for me, part of that was going to training camp and realizing I can rewrite everything that I've learned. Um, or the rules of being told I need to work a nine to five job and um yeah life needs to look this way um when I realized that I could break those rules and choose what I want to do with my life um decide that all these these things that I were told life is supposed to look like um are just things I was told and I can choose what I want. Um, that opened up doors for me and that changed my life. So we are highlighting people in the little rebellions, the small, bold actions that they've chosen to take in order to create that social change that they want to see in the world. So it change starts from within and in order to 
get it, get it out there where we want to highlight how, how people are choosing to make these big changes. For, well, we just, we, we just did a podcast with um, Alex Barker of Be More Pirate. And so, so our listeners likely have uh, an idea of what that's about if they heard that episode. If not, go back, listen to that episode, guys. It, that was one of the most interesting conversations we've, we've had to date because of the diversity of um, history and, um, and topics from, from uh, business and leadership and mindset to pirates. <laughs> <laughs> And that, it was a ton of fun and she, she's a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, there's, when you look at the world now, there's so many people like that. And who are, who are some people you're, you're looking forward to uh, talking to or you have lined up? Mm, so yeah, we have, uh, we do have a few lined up. Our very first one is um, kicking off with Mark England, who um, you both know, and who's been Karan's and my mentor. Um, we, we have been working with him for about a year and a half. Um, so he is our first one. And then we have, um, Alex's Alex Parker is actually <laughs> lined up to be one of our first as well. So, um, we have those two and then a few of our friends that we've met along the way um, who are also coaches. So we have, um, I'm trying to, <laughs> I was trying to think <laughs> of who, so currently it's a, um, people that we've met through the coaching world and through the certifications that we've done. Um, and we have also a wish list of people <laughs> that we'd like to get on to. So um, yeah, there, there are some people that were, were like, yes, we, we know we've made it when we get them. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it, in fact, it's not even all that big. It's, it's like, it's not like it's Elon Musk. We must have him on, but you can yeah. have him on. We can. I bet he would. Um, what something, and this is for our listeners to hear, um, bold action is what it takes to do the things you want to do. And, and if you look at, uh, like you described, you look, you're looking up to people, um, Mm -hmm. and, and thinking you're probably thinking to yourself, you know, how did they get there? Like, I'll never get there. I'll never be able to, to talk to them or they won't be in my circle. And, uh, and recently, like even we've, we've had this realization that yes, they, they're right there. They're, they're next to you because they're also looking, they have mentors and they have people they look up to. And, um, and it's not a matter of wealth or, um, you know, financial success or even public success, um, fame and things like that. It's, it's simply, you know, are they interested in the same things I'm interested in? Can, do we, are we going to have something that we can talk about that's, it's going to get them to think. Um, and, and the answer is yes, all of it. And, um, and people like to be heard. People like to talk about 
what's on what they're cured what they're interested in um, a great great example is you you know i've been listening to joe rogan for years and he inter he interviews people that he just is interested in personally you know some of the most wealthy and successful people on on earth and also some of the most interesting people on earth that have cool stories um people like elon musk and then people who want to save the whales in uh, canada like it's it's such a diverse group and and it's not a matter of you getting up to their level it's just hey reach reach up reach up ask um i learned about that in uh from a from Tim Ferriss a few years back when he just shot an email to someone and it was, I forget who it was. It was, I think it was Bill Gates or something and asked and just asked a question like, Hey, did, can you answer this question? You might get the answer, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and if they're interested enough, you might get them to talk to you. And, and then what happens? It's one of those what if scenarios. I bet you've run through that a bunch of times, right? So for people listening who are thinking like that they can't, it's not, it's not their time. It's not their moment or their chance. Like, Hey, what if, and, and what happens uh, if you reach up and if you reach out really cool. I mean, we did it. That's how we got here too. just reached out one day to, to someone. And I reached out to Ron and said, Hey, let's do a podcast now. And then, and then we've gotten the opportunity. No. Yeah. Ah. Now <laughs> like a hundred episodes in and yeah, we're here. And we've gotten, we've gotten the opportunity to talk to some people that I, I never thought I would actually have the opportunity to talk to. So it's, so your wish list is attainable because mm. we've already talked to people that were on mine. Mm. And you said you've done over a hundred now? I, I podcast. If I were to count, it would, I, so I'm, I'm as consistent as I can be. So we used to number them and then I stopped numbering them and then we did seasons and then I stopped doing that. <laughs> um, it, if you scroll through, I don't, I don't know, 60, 70, 80, hundred, something like that. Um, it's, it's up there. It's getting, it's up there. Say I mean, it's, I'm a hundred, a hundred. Yeah, we'll say we, it. <laughs> this is our hundredth episode. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's up there um, in, you know, and it's varied. It's been sometimes twice a week, sometimes once a week, sometimes not for a few months and, um, and it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. When, when I realized um, we, this is exactly what we spoke about last week, Kristen on the phone. Um, when I realized how fun it was to do this, the, 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 day we release it, the time we release it, the number of podcasts per week is so irrelevant to compared to the people we get to chat with and, and the things we get to learn. And, and now it's, it's, this is selfish. This, this podcast is totally selfish because we get to meet people and talk to people and learn things. And the result of that is we get to share it with people who might, might need to hear it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and to quote our friend, Mark England, you never know who's in the audience. Mm -hmm. And that's been a beautiful thing. So this is so cool. And Ron, do you have any other questions for Kristen or anything you'd like to 
add to this this conversation? Well, what you just said, uh, you know, made me want to ask this for to Kristen. Kristen, what do you have that people might need to hear? It's mm, a great question. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, well, let's go with the biggest thing that's been a help for me is empowering myself through my language. Um, we get to decide, we get to create, um, knowing that you have that ability to decide and create. Um, we, we're always creating. I, I don't, I've heard people say before, like, I'm not creative. Um, and the fact is that we are constantly creating. We are creating stories in our heads at all times. Like, um, if you listen to that inner voice, um, it could be saying things like, you don't know what you're doing. They, can you believe what they just did to you? Uh, he never listens to me. Um, it can be, yeah, looking at the people around you and thinking how they ruined your life, or it could be looking inside and saying like that inner voice just tearing you up saying you're, you're not good enough. No one wants to listen to you. That's creativity in a chaotic way. Um, when you can take your words and realize, oh, I, I, I have power in the words that I'm saying to myself and the words I'm saying about others and to others, um, you get the ability now to create instead of, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Um, I, I can do this. I do know what I'm doing. I can try, I can start and I can take those little actions that will get me to that bigger picture and I'll start laying the foundation down. And we're all, we have that ability to create because we are creating. So we get to choose, how do you wanna create? Do you wanna create chaotically and just picking any, any random thing and throwing it into the pile and hoping it creates something? Or do you wanna intentionally create and um, lay the foundation, lay the bricks and build it into what you want it to be? So the power is there. Um, and it's, you get to decide what, what you want to be. Um, even as an adult, you can still decide what and who you want to be. You hear that? Our good friend, Kristen here just gave you permission to be who you want to be. That was a gift. I did. That was, <laughs> that was a gift. It was, it was, it was free and it's yours to choose to do with it what you will, right? Kristen, thank you so much. And um, and it's it's 10 a.m. here, which means it's 7 a.m. in Oregon. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and we are so grateful that you made the time to get up so early and, and chat with us because we're not flexible on our time at all. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great way to start the day. So. Even though <laughs> if you it. asked, we would have changed the time, but yeah. Um, nope. <laughs> no, good. Why not put yourself in that situation? Get uncomfortable. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, where can we find out more about you and your journey and your projects going on right now? 
Uh, the best way to find me is um, Instagram. So let's go with the two that actually have the projects on them. So um, at uh, Language Ninjas on Instagram. And you can follow Pirate Living Podcast, Pirate Living Podcast um, on Instagram. And Karan and I have been putting some updates on there. The launch date for the podcast is June 1st. Um, and then if you want to know what's going on with me or watch my roller skating skills develop, um, <laughs> you can follow me at kristen.joy.davis on Instagram. I enjoy those videos. That's fun to watch. <laughs> awesome. All right, Kristen, thanks again. Ron, thank you. And we will see you all next episode. If you loved this podcast, then share it. Tell all your friends. Hit the copy button, copy the link. Choose five friends in your contact list on your phone and send it out. Let them know what they can expect from it too. Because we are on a mission here to change the world and we want to help as many people as possible. So if you know anyone who can benefit from hearing what we have to say or what our guests have to say, then send it over. It's not going to do them any good if they don't hear it. Another way you can support us and support the podcast is really simply go on to Apple or go on to Spotify and rate the thing. Give us a five-star review. Write us a little note. Let us know how we're doing. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. Whatever it takes, let us know so we know that we're on the right track. And we know that we're providing content that is actually relevant to what you are needing and what you are looking for. And if it's not, hey, maybe we can help. So do your job. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it.